Welcome to Soaring the Sky, a Glider Pilots podcast. My name is Chuck. I will be your host, coming to you from the Mid-Atlantic region here in the United States and flying with the Cumberland Soaring Group. This is episode 40. This episode is brought to you by Arizona Soaring Incorporated, the nation's largest provider of professional glider training. Since 1969, they provided training from initial private through CFI Glider and entry level through advanced aerobatics. Open year-round, seven days a week. More information is available at azsoaring.com. On today's podcast, we talk with a glider pilot who had his first flight in a Grobe 109B when he was just two weeks old. His first solo in a glider was at the age of 14. Since then, he has earned his private commercial and CFI ratings in gliders and his private SEL and MEL. He has been the official scorer at three national contests and crewed at many U.S. regional and national competitions. In 2014, Ben crewed for Team USA of the World Gliding Championships in Poland. Ben continues to fine-tune his soaring skills, flying the ASW-24, ASG-32MI, SGS-232, and the Fox. Ben enjoys instructing in gliders and is working towards his next goal of earning his commercial SEL rating. Ben is currently working full-time at the glider port. In his spare time, he is a lieutenant with the Williams Volunteer Fire Department. Join us now as we chat with Ben Mays and hear about his aviation adventure, Soaring the Sky. Ben Mays, welcome to Soaring the Sky. Glad to have you today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You have had quite an eventful year. We were talking earlier before we started recording this. But I guess before we get into all that, when did your aviation journey get started? It's uh, it's funny. My my aviation journey, uh, we just looked back on it, started at, uh, at six weeks old. Um, I took my... Uh, I just just took my multi-engine checkride uh, two weeks ago, and we were looking back through pictures. And my first uh, first airplane ride was to my grandma's uh, in Arizona from Williams in uh, in 1994. It was six weeks. Very cool. But um, I, my parents own the Williams Soaring Center here, and I've grown up on the airport, and so it's kind of it's been an ongoing going aviation career my whole life, really. So it has been around you your whole life, literally. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we my house is on the uh, on the the approach into the airport here, and it's uh, it's every day, seven days a week. So when did your training get started? Um, I started, I think about f- at ten. I can remember taking uh, rides in in my dad's uh, ASH twenty five, um, and then you know we ha- we'd fly the K twenty one occasionally, and I'd, I'd go up for hops here and there with with um, clients, but it wasn't until uh, Six months before my first, uh, sorry, six months before my 13th birthday, Jim Enderbo from Calistoga soaring over in Middletown, which is the next closest operation. He flew over and actually trained me. And my dad didn't want to be the, the one to instruct me and the, the other instructors I knew too well. So he brought in an outside guy to, to do all my training at 13 and I soloed at 14 and then uh, you know, continued through the, the licensing process from there. So after you learned how to fly gliders, you got into powered? Yeah, so I uh, I got my I soloed at 14, got my and then on my 14th birthday, and then the weekend of my 16th birthday I got my uh, glider license and soloed power yeah, a couple weeks after that I believe. 
And then at, just before I turned 18, I started, I, I was soloing a bunch in the Super Cub and just was kind of lazy and not getting my, uh, getting my power license. And then uh, as I went off to college and my dad said, now you need to make money. So how are you going to do that? And I figured I'd do it in a tow plane. Um, and so I, uh, I got my, uh, private pilot's license and started towing just, uh, just before I turned 18. Cool way to pay the bills, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there at Williams Soaring Center, you are not only a glider instructor, but you're also flying the tow plane. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Uh, I'll on a, on a regular basis, I'll probably do, uh, two or three tow. I I'm slowing down in the tow plane. I'll hop in and tow my, uh, solo students on a first solo or, if we're slow, I'll hop in um, and tow here and there. But for the most part, it's all um, glider instruction as much as I can be. So is aviation your full-time gig? It is now. It is now. Um, just after college, I, I went in. I, I worked for uh, Cal Fire as a uh, firefighter on the ground for three three years. And I didn't have my commercial yet. I'd, I'd still tow on weekends or tow on my days off and uh, just kind of helping out the operation, but not really here. But I, I've always traveled around to different uh, glider contests around the country. So I was, I was at the 18-meter uh, nationals in Florida, and Cal Fire was a seasonal job. And so as, I was just it was two months away from getting back to work. And our uh, my dad called and said our flight instructor had, uh, had left. And I was on my way back from Florida. I studied for my commercial, got my commercial license, and then uh, got my instructor uh, just shortly after that. And I was supposed to be a uh, a six month fix, and I've been here for three and a half years now, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah, sounds like a good thing. Yeah. So you're actually there at the Soaring Center today, right? Yeah, yeah I'm sitting here today. We just uh, we just finished up, uh, did our last flights in the first annual uh, Williams Aerobatic uh, Glider Only competition. I've been watching that a little bit on Facebook. What was going on there? Could you tell us more about the aerobatic contest? Yeah. Um, so glider aerobatics is not something that's very um, popular in the states. It's a lot more popular in in Europe. Uh, but we've been we've had a, a MDM Fox here for probably six years now, uh, and we've we've been slowly trying to to build up a, a team to be able to go to competitions. But there's just not many glider competitions around the nation. Um, there's powered powered competition that you can take a glider to, but it's it's not quite the same. You're not really, uh, you kind of feel like the, the odd man out when there's only one or two of you. It's hard to get tow planes to these facilities. I mean, they did it in, uh, you know, they have them at Oshkosh. It was hard to get tow planes out there. The only other place doing it is down in Arizona uh, with uh, Jason down in his Fox. And so there's not many competitions. We decided that we talked about it for three or four years and we just decided that we'd have uh we have tow planes. We have aerobatic gliders. Let's see if we can't host an event here and make it a little easier for everybody. How are you all hosting the event there as far as? So uh, really, I just we, we kept trying to go around and around logistically about picking a date and picking everything else. I mean, it, logistically, it's pretty easy. We have a we have a box. We have a uh, we already had a box. We've had one for three or four years uh, for the competition area. Uh, we had the tow planes and we had the, the gliders. So it was really just picking a date and uh Mallory Lynch, uh, the, our aerobatic pilots, and I were sitting down one day, and he said, I said, pick a date on a calendar. And it was, I think it was about two months ago now. He said, what do you mean? And I, I'm tired of this thing going round and round. And he said, I'm going to make a Facebook event, and then it'll, we'll see where it goes from there, because we can't keep talking about it. We just need to do it. And so uh, it all kind of derived from 
a, a Facebook post and we ended up with we only ended up with three competitors in the in the actual competition, but we had a lot of uh, powered aerobatic people come out, um, or a handful, maybe not a lot, but and come out and do what's called their smooth awards, uh, where they flew gliders for the first time in, in some of their categories and uh, and were able to be judged. Oh, very cool. So I know one of your aerobatic pilots is one of our previous guests. Laura Radigan is there. Yeah, Laura. Laura came all the way out here from Florida uh, just to just to fly this competition and. Uh, it was really fun having her out. I've met Laura a few times when I was back in Seminole at, uh, at various contests uh, at the the Grand Prix uh, hosted in Florida and the 18-meter nationals, and she's always there supporting the Seminole Lake operation and uh, has her Fox and her Swift. She went to the world competition this year um, for the first time, and so she's just looking to compete across the country. So as soon as I told her there was a glider-only event, I I I think I don't think I had it on Facebook uh, two hours before I got a phone call from her. Yeah, I have to corner her and uh, get her to talk about the world competition she was just in. But she said she we're going to do that, so we'll be doing that in the future here. Mm-hmm. How much aerobatic training do you have? Uh, a fair amount, I, not a ton. Um, back in 2013, Luca Bartosio, who's uh, now the Red Bull aerobatic pilot in Italy. Uh, had came over just looking for a spot to train uh, out of out of Europe where it had a fox and a quiet place and if you know Northern California and Williams we're a, we're a quiet place out in the middle of a, out in the middle of nowhere uh, that has a fox and so just by searching around he found us and came out for uh, a year or well he came out for a month the the first year and did a little bit of training got to know us got checked out in the fox and and through that period in 2013 i believe i started doing a lot of, i really got into aerobatics flying with him then after that i did a little bit of uh ill-advised self-taught <laughs> aerobatics i did that for about a week and decided that was a bad idea and then started kind of doing a little bit more formal coaching um with uh with mallory and some of the other aerobatic pilots around in 2013 he came back in 14 and we did a, another kind of month of intensive training while he was doing his training and from there uh i did a lot of it just started out of necessity teaching in the back of the fox and and kind of learning the more advanced maneuvers on my own as i uh, progressed through through uh flight instructing in the basic maneuvers so me being a glider pilot um i haven't done any aerobatic training so if i would show up and i want someone to teach me how to do some aerobatics what would be the first lesson if we jumped in the cockpit the first introduction to aerobatics well generally people don't do it uh generally the introduction to aerobatics is an unusual attitude course or an upside attitude course is generally how people go about it which kind of includes the spins and most people think of it uh, in in soaring anyway is the what happens when i get flipped upside down in rotor or on the backside of a mountain or i find myself in a in a nose low attitude how how do i correct for that right that's kind of the biggest fear in in soaring uh, maybe not fear but you know that's kind of the big concern in soaring is how do i fix it when it goes wrong and so that's that's generally where we start we do uh, some loops some rolls just to kind of get the idea of let's see the horizon go around and maybe a little bit of inverted flight just to just uh the the roll is a little bit more of an advanced maneuver that generally i'm just demonstrating the first time but the loop is a fairly simple one that gets uh you know a a lot of a lot of g's in the body so you you can experience it in in a controlled kind of slow introduction setting 
And then also the the wing over the shundel is a is a really good maneuver um, to just kind of get the energy management of the glider and how do I get the thing slow, get the nose pointed down, and get it fast again. So that would kind of be the the first thing That's you would learn. The, yeah, the first the first few steps. Again, it kind of it depends a little bit if someone just says yeah, I really want to learn aerobatics or um, you know I'm looking for just a how do I keep myself safe. Um, court, you know if uh, what we call an upset attitude course here and that would be that would include more of the the spins and just flying inverted getting the glider upright from inverted or from strange attitudes so really in a safety aspect i mean it it would be good for all glider pilots to at least get that initial training so they would know what to do if they were put in that situation or got in that situation i think it is i think it is really important you know uh, i go around and around with uh my uh, my dad's a DPE and he's ran the place for 30 years and so we go round and round talking about you know what's safer uh, you know a lot of people say you have to do spin training to be safe and and we push more of this spin recognition where we spend a lot more time on the edge of the envelope not necessarily getting in and out of spins but knowing what that edge feels like so you don't you know so you know how to control it right in that incipient spin phase and and what's going to happen of course we push it over the edge so you see what happens and then recover from that but more of the is just that that understanding of of what happens when we get the glider slow which is uh you know it's a it's a big uh conversation piece for a lot of people in the safety world there's there's people on either side of the argument yeah because you know a lot of people obviously never been in that situation until they're put in it and if they're by themselves and and they're not with somebody that knows you know they're not even going to know it till maybe they're in it oh absolutely absolutely i mean yeah uh, and often the only time we you know, you get through private pilot training and, and the instructor might encourage spins there depending on operation. Some some clubs say you have to spin the glider before you fly it, but you don't have to be proficient in spins. You just have to experience a spin. So you experience a spin once early on in your career and you kind of go, oh, yeah, the ground went around and it came back and it was in a Blanick or a 233 or something that doesn't really accelerate very fast, not a not a brand new uh not a a, a new high performance chip or a, an as you know a uh, an asw24 or, or some you know a, a new high even a discus you know they all they're designed to speed up and slow down a lot faster than uh than the old blanics that we spin yeah so they're in a totally different situation everything's happening so much faster if they gradually progress to these higher performance gliders then all of a sudden they're in a spin it's, it's yeah. really going to catch them off guard absolutely Absolutely. And, and, you know, it, any, any advanced training you can do is always going to be, is, is going to be better, you know, uh, getting, getting the opportunity to go out and do any form of spin training, doing any sort of upset attitude training. You're just going to, A, you'll feel more confident as a pilot, uh, you know, leaving these things. Not that you can go do anything that you want to put yourself in any worse situations, but just, you know, just the ability to control the glider is, uh, is that more advanced. Absolutely. Now you've been in a few contests. Can you tell me a little bit about those? And do you enjoy the contest more as far as the racing, or do you enjoy the aerobatic contest? You know, um, really, it's this was my first aerobatic contest, and it was it was a lot of fun. I uh, I to, I didn't quite train enough going into it, um, but it was it's very interesting being able to be judged, and there's a different there's just a different energy at the competition. You know, I, I've been going to uh, glider competitions for years, and I competed in my first two contests this year, one in Perry, South Carolina, and one in uh, Montague, uh, California. And 
they're a lot of fun, but you know, you go out and you go fly your four hours and you wait until the end of the day and see the results and, and you hang out afterwards for a little bit. And then everyone kind of goes their separate way. The aerobatics as a group, you're kind of sitting around all day talking about how we can make this better, how we can make that better and, and go back up. It's, it's more of a, a team group think tank all day about how we can fly together a little bit better where the, the glider competition world, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, really good friendly conversations, but tactfully and, and learning from them, uh, from the competitors, there's a little more uh, secrets kept, I think, in the in the soaring world, um, depending on the, the groups you're in. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of totally different then, really. It is. It is. I, I really enjoy both. Um, you know, uh, they're they're. Uh, they're, they're both great. You know, I mean, for, for one, uh, this weekend I've had to take uh, eight toes and uh, in three days to, to get all the aerobatics done I wanted to do. Uh, but in my contest in South Carolina, I, mean, I think I flew and I, I think I flew a total of uh, an hour and a half, maybe. And uh, in South Carolina, we flew four hours a day for and did th- three toes, three or four toes. Right. So uh, price per toe and and the amount of time you get flying, it, it, it just really depends on what avenue you're into. But I think that the glider aerobatics is just a little bit harder to get into, just not knowing or, you know, to you have to know know someone, have a group of people who are doing the aerobatics. And there's just not a lot of stuff and not a lot of those places around currently. So what would you say would be your favorite thing about aerobatics that I know you're just in, in it now a little bit, but what do you enjoy the most about it? I think it's really in the pure form of just gliding, you know, I mean, the it's energy management at its finest. You know, you have to to do a perfect loop. You have to go from 120 knots all the way around to almost stall and come back around and make this perfect circle in the sky for people on the ground to to, to look at. Um, you know, and, and you're you're manipulating the whole thing and in control of the whole thing. You know, Cross country, uh, where as in soaring, you know, it's it's excellent. There's a thrill of, is there an external, is there an external, but there's, there's a certain element of, of not being in control, you know, and which is, is fun. And it's part of the, it's part of the game is, is there, is there going to be lift before I hit the ground in the next 20 minutes, but you have to be at your, at your best for that four minutes that you're up there making the glider do exactly what your, your mind's thinking it should do. And so it's, it's kind of, it's, there's a, there's an art form side of it. And then there's just a mechanical you know, make this thing do exactly what I want it to and pilot it through the through the air properly. It's like nothing else. Yeah, because I mean, you're like you said, you're near stall and then on the other side, you're near red line. So you're kind of putting the glider in the in that range during one yeah, flight. Absolutely. Uh, it, I mean, less than two hours ago, I think I was I, I did a negative three and a half and plus eight, eight G's. And uh, and uh, I mean, Tell you experience. You talk about a couple G's in in a turn, but until you experience it uh, from an adrenaline junkie standpoint, it's just uh, it's awesome. It's like nothing else, you know. Now I have to try it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's um, it's the it's the best it's the best roller coaster. If you ever grew up playing Roller Coaster Tycoon or any of those fun games where you'd sit there and see what you could do, I mean, it's like that every single day. You you get to you get to do anything you want between fly inverted uh you do a tail slide where you you go from 110 knots to zero and sliding backwards and it's probably the most quaint surreal place in the world you make your own tracks in the sky right absolutely 
Absolutely. So as a tow pilot, what's it like for you to be on the other side of the rope? Um, uh, it's, you know, initially it's a little spooky. Um, I can remember the first couple toes, especially the first couple toes where a student got out of position or something. It, it can be uh, a little intimidating um but you know especially you, the first thing you do is you get all the horror stories from all the old timers about all the worst things that can happen and when you're gonna have to cut the rope and how quick you have to be if something goes wrong rarely does it go wrong but uh you need to always be ready for it and so um but it's it especially out here in williams it's it's a challenge um you challenge yourself every time to to get the the cross-country pilot to the right spot um, or, you know, the student to the right area and make the toe nice and smooth. Uh, we're, we're located in the middle of the uh, Sacramento Valley here. And so in the summertime, our toe's uh, 32 miles away. And so we're on tow for, uh, we're flying for 45 minutes. You're on tow for about 25 minutes, uh, cruising out and trying to get to about 6,000 feet, six to 7,000 feet over the Mendocino mountain range. And there's a specific spot out there. So to do a precision tow 30 miles away is a, uh, is a fun challenge yeah wow that's a long toe i've never yeah, been is. on a toe quite that long before it's uh yeah it's tricky i mean it's a beautiful place to fly but it's just a different mentality when you have to tow that far out i mean we still have our 2,000 foot band of soaring that everyone else has across the nation ours just starts 30 miles away wow yeah what's your goals for the future where do you see yourself being um yeah i've been i i just got my multi-engine license i i i was looking to to end up flying for uh, Cal Fire one day um, was really one of the the main goals for years. Um, but as I as I sit here and kind of uh, as, as a chief flight instructor here at Williams and and uh, see everything my father's built Williams Soaring Center into, it's uh, it's hard not to uh, to look at stepping into those shoes one day. You know, uh, he's the the Schleicher dealer and. Uh, and and runs clear nav instruments and there's a lot of uh, a lot of avenues in here to to kind of venture into it's a be a hard thing to to walk away from yeah i think your dad would be pretty happy with that yeah it could uh it'd be uh and i'd, I'd hate to to have to uh passing the phone calls he takes off to, to anybody else and leave a pretty big hole in at least the soaring community in california so do you have any advice I know you've kind of given us some advice already, but do you have any uh, last-minute advice on how to be a better and safer pilot? I think the big thing is just, you know, um, you know, it, understand that we always have the room to grow um, as pilots. You know, we've never, we've never reached our apex, and so always trying to, on, on every single landing, you know, we could just hit the ground or we can make it a precision landing. So not, why not make it a precision landing? You know, always strive for something else in aviation, whether it's, you know, in a year or two from now, I want to be able to do a 500k flight, or I want to have, you know, maybe do aerobatics or introduce and uh, introduce ourselves to uh, aerobatics. I think that that continued education is so important, and it's not really pushed in the in the pilot world, where you know we get through, we get our private pilot's license, we say, hey, we're good from now on. All we need to do is convince an instructor that I to sign my logbook every two years, where you know we could really progress and learn from learn from others and and uh, and try and advance ourselves through the through our aviation career with that continued education. Some great advice and no really excuse because there's so many people in the aviation world that are so willing to teach you what they've learned. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
we're really fortunate out here. I mean, I, any on any given weekend um, that the cross country guys are out here, I, there's at least three national uh, competitors, and there's almost always someone out here who's at least been invited to a world competition. Um, you know, between guys like Ray Gimme, Pete Alexander, um, some of the big names in Northern California, soaring Peter Dean. Um, so it's great that we have been. Um, I've been fortunate to be able to sit around with these guys for years. But my first, uh, if you have time for a real funny story, um, we, I was on my first cross-country flight with a, a student. Uh, uh, well, he, he's a line boy of ours. And I've sat out here for 10 years listening to these stories about how they go to Yellow Peak and all these places. And it's a, it was a 300K flight, and it was a great day. And I hopped up, and I've, I've never been uh, – I, I, as an instructor, you know, you're, you're limited to two hour blocks. So you're, you're looking at hundred K flights at best. And usually it's just local area learning how to thermal. And so we headed off North and I got up North of Yolo peak and I'd never been there before until I came back and landed. I thought to myself, I, I landed, I went, wow, I've never been that far North, but I've heard all these stories for all these years about these transitions and the whole flight made sense in my head. Cause I've heard them and I've seen them on a map and I've watched these guys talk about these gaps and these valleys and in, in such detail just from listening and through osmosis, I felt like I'd, I'd made the flight before. And it's amazing what you can get from people just by sitting around and listening at the end of the day to some of the, uh, the experienced aviation members. Yeah, hangar talk is the best talks, really. Pretty awesome Absolutely. just to hang out at the airport and suck all that information up, you know. Absolutely. It's, 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 uh, it's, worth, a, it's worth a trip out to the airport just to hear them more than, more than flying sometimes. Yeah, some of my best days at the airport is when the weather kind of turned and everybody was hanging out. And then, you know, of course, you start talking and you hear all kinds of amazing stories. Absolutely. And I think it, the big thing is if you're new to, new to aviation, none of these guys are, you know, they, they look like the, the big, scary, cool kids on campus that, you know, are the, the experienced cross-country members that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, never talk to them while they're rigging. You don't want to distract them, which is true. Is absolutely true, but that doesn't mean when they're done. I mean, they're always everyone's willing to share knowledge, um, but you have to make first contact. So don't be afraid as a new a new member in a club or you know a new person in a commercial operation to to hang out in the afternoon and go meet them. You know the guys who really miss out are the ones who show up at 8 a.m. do their flight and take off. They never really get a get a chance to understand what soaring is about. But you have the opportunity to hang out all day and talk to these guys before and after a flight. I mean, that's what gets people hooked. And free advice, you know, you can't buy that. Oh, absolutely. Ben, thank you for being on the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's good to catch up with you. I know I was going to talk to you a while back, so it's finally good to finally catch up with you and hear your stories and your journey. It sounds like you've had an amazing journey and sounds like you're going to have a good journey in the years ahead too. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it, to where this avi- where this career uh, is going to lead and, and what aviation has in store for me and uh, and what's what's coming in the in the future of glider uh, glider aviation. Absolutely. I'd like to touch base with you again in the future and find out what you've been up to. So looking forward to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, if it's all right with you, I would like to, to give a plug because I know you're on that side of the country. But, uh, you know, the SSA convention's coming up. And, and with that free advice, that's that might not be free advice, but that's a place where you meet a lot of very interesting people. If you can make it out to the SSA convention in Little Rock, Arkansas, it's going to be a, a great um, it's a great time. And, you know, conversation with some of those 
some of the people you meet out there is uh, is priceless. Yeah, because even, you know, like Oshkosh is great, but the nice thing about the SSA convention, it's all soaring. Absolutely. There'll be a lot of, uh, you know, everything new in aviation is there, uh, but the, some of the talks that people give, I mean, I, I went to a talk, um, some of the vintage war, uh, the vintage glider talks are just amazing to learn about the history and what these people have done with aviation and really the, the forefathers of aviation to bring it to where it is will be there and it's it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Well, we'll definitely put some more information up in the future about that coming up, I believe, in February in Little yeah, Rock. End of February in Little Rock, absolutely. Well, take care, Ben. Thanks again. Of course. You have a great uh, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Soaring the Sky. We are now well over 20,000 downloads. Thank you to our sponsor, Arizona Soaring, and also the SSA for their continued support of the podcast. And all of you that have shared the podcast on social media, I greatly appreciate that. And speaking of social media, Michelle is going to let you know how you can get a hold of us and where you can find us. You can find us on social media. On Facebook, it's Soaring the Sky Podcast. On Instagram, it's the same. If you would like to say hi, just drop Chuck a line at chuck at soaringthesky.com. Or you can send us a note on the website. That's soaringthesky.com. Also, if you're a pilot, we want to hear your story. Just send us an email and Chuck will get in touch with you. We hope you join us next week for another great guest and adventure on Soaring the Sky.